Letter number five, standing on the shoulders of giants. My dear students, when I entered Yeshiva University as an undergraduate majoring in philosophy, I knew that the beauty of learning Torah would not be compromised by my evolving appreciation of literature and philosophy. To tell you the truth, I didn't even really understand then what majoring in philosophy meant. I just wanted to spend time asking the big questions and learning how thinkers like Aristotle, Descartes, and John Stuart Mill saw the world. When it came to philosophy, I found myself asking Rabbi Michael Rosenzweig everything, not just about Gemara, but also about major ideas in Western thought. I could ask him about Ramban and Rambam and about Plato and Aristotle. My schedule was demanding to be sure, but it reflected a fresh commitment to developing my new interests. If I encountered tensions in the worlds I was navigating, there were also people to speak to about them. I didn't expect this path to be conflict-free. I faced contradictions in times when I had to filter the secular world rather than accept everything I read and saw wholesale. But I did regard all of my studies as part of Torah in the most expansive sense of that word. I understood the power and wisdom of the first Midrash and Bereshit Rabbah, which describes the way Hashem created the world using Torah as its blueprint. In the way of the world, a king of flesh and blood who builds a castle does not do so based on his own knowledge, but rather based on the knowledge of an architect. And the architect does not build it based on his own knowledge, but rather has scrolls and books in order to know how to make rooms and doorways. Similarly, Hashem gazed into the Torah and created the world. The Torah states, through the Reshit, Bereshit, Bara, Shemayim Baritz, through the Reshit, Hashem created the heavens and the earth. And Reshit means Torah, as in the verse in Mishlei, Hashem Kanani Reshit Darko, Hashem made me the Torah, the beginning of His way. The Torah was Hashem's blueprint, the lens with which the universe was constructed. I realized and became more convinced that nature, thought, and experiences are all part of a life of religion and piety. My reading also supported this. Dostoevsky wrote in the Brothers Karamazov, The awful thing is that beauty is mysterious as well as terrible. God and the devil are fighting there, and the battlefield is the heart of man. I felt that in only two sentences, he had beautifully captured our own battleground between the Yetzer Tov and Yetzer Hara. There, Dostoevsky stated, what Viktor Frankl would later regard as the basis for logotherapy in man's search for meaning, the mystery of human existence, Frankl writes, lies not just in staying alive, but in finding something to live for. I, too, had to search my heart to understand what I should live for and how to navigate the battlefield ahead. I came to understand that my Torah learning and my curiosity to know more about the world inside and outside myself are the bricks that Hashem used as the divine architect who created the world with intention and purpose. Over the years, I also took an interest in other architects, human builders, specifically those who founded Yeshiva University, and built it into one of the leading faith-based universities. I appreciate what the founders set out to do and how the university evolved over its 135 years. As I said at my investiture as president, when Yeshiva was founded in the early 20th century, it met the needs of an Orthodox Jewish immigrant population with limited higher education possibilities. Over the generations, 
our specific form and structure has shifted depending on times, needs, and circumstances. But the core mission has always remained the same. Rabbi Dr. Bernard Dov Revel was one of YU's chief architects. He was the first president of Yeshiva from 1915 to 1940 and an Orthodox rabbi and scholar. Dr. Revel originally thought he'd become a lawyer, but he earned a doctorate from Dropsy College instead and chose a different path. He was concerned that many young Jewish men would be lost to assimilation. They needed a place in which to study and train for vocations where their faith would remain intact and they would not face anti-Semitism in the pursuit of the American dream. When Dr. Revel became president, he had a vision for yeshiva that was both descriptive and aspirational. Yeshiva aims at unity, he wrote, at the creation of a synthesis between the Jewish conception of life, our spiritual and moral teaching and ideals, and the present-day humanities, the scientific conscience, and spirit to help develop the complete, harmonious Jewish personality. Once again, to enrich and bless our lives, to revitalize the true spirit and genius of historic Judaism. To honor Dr. Revel, Yeshiva created the Bernard Revel Graduate School of Jewish Studies. He was a man whose genius was appreciated outside of Yeshiva as well. In 1986, four decades after his death, he even appeared on a $1 postage stamp as part of the Great American Series. He is one of the many names you'll see on both the uptown and downtown campuses. Some of the others are the names of generous philanthropists who believed in Bernard Revel's vision. And other names recall those who helped build the foundational structures, both the buildings and the ideas. Rabbi Dr. Samuel Belkin, for example, was the second president of Yeshiva from 1943 to 1975. His name graces many spaces at Yeshiva, and an award is given in his honor every year at the Benjamin N. Cardozo Law School. He was a Jewish scholar of note and an institution builder. Under his leadership, Yeshiva expanded and became a full-fledged university with multiple graduate schools of law, psychology, social work, and medicine. Dr. Belkin brought offerings in science and the humanities under the same roof as high-level Torah studies. These founders of Yeshiva University, Dr. Revel and Dr. Belkin, were known not only for their erudition and academic scholarship, they were also recognized as major Talmidei Chachamim, classical scholars of Jewish texts. One of the crowning achievements during Dr. Belkin's tenure was the establishment of Stern College in 1954 with a major gift from Max Stern. Just two years after he awarded Eleanor Roosevelt with an honorary doctorate, he welcomed the first class of 33 female Jewish leaders on its campus at 253 Lexington Avenue. It provided these young women with a liberal arts education infused with Torah study in the heart of New York City. My Aunt Dottie, Gewurz Berman, was in Stern's second class. She graduated in 1959. My mother, Rosalie Bayer Berman, was in Stern's fifth class and graduated in 1962. One outstanding student, Karen Bacon, graduated from Stern as the valedictorian of her class. She went on to earn a doctorate in microbiology at University of California and then came back to us in 1977 as the dean of Stern College. 
In 2015, after decades of service, Dean Bacon was promoted to the Mordechai D. Katz and Dr. Monique C. Katz, Dean of the Undergraduate Faculty of Arts and Sciences, serving as the Undergraduate Dean of both Stern and Yeshiva College. I rely on her competency, commitment, and intelligence to guide me in our undergraduate academic programs. She's given over 50 years of service to this institution and has been a personal role model for me of dedication. Of course, one of the names you hear most frequently at Yeshiva is that of the Rav, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik. Born into an illustrious family of Lithuanian scholars, the Rav succeeded his father, Rabbi Moshe Soloveitchik, as the Rosh Yeshiva of Ritz, serving in that capacity from 1941 to 1986. His towering intellect and penetrating insights into the Talmud and about the life of faith made him the ultimate exemplar of our worldview. His philosophical works capture a rich religious experience fully shaped by the halacha and reveal a righteous soul, one that could see in the sunset the onset of halachic time and find God's hand in the return of Jews to Israel through lines in Shir Hashirah. One of the Rav's most enduring contributions to Jewish thought is his reading of the two Genesis stories of human creation, which is developed most fully in The Lonely Man of Faith. According to the Rav, the two accounts in chapter 1 and 2 reflect two archetypes of human nature, Adam 1 and Adam 2. Adam 1 is a creative being, stirred by ambition to steward, dominate, and build, as is reflective of Genesis 1 in which God commands him to multiply, to be fruitful, and to conquer the world. In this account of the story, the first couple was created at the same time, suggesting that the work ahead would be demanding and would require partnership. Adam, too, emerges from chapter 2 of Genesis and reflects a very different side of human nature. This Adam was born alone from a combination of earth and the breath of God. His job was not to work the garden, but to watch it. Only later was Chava created from Adam's rib and brought to him after a lengthy search for companionship that included the entire animal kingdom. The Rav called Adam too a person of the spirit who was less a builder and more a poet, artist, and philosopher. This Adam observes the world rather than seeking ways to improve it. The Rav regarded these two Adams as present in every one of us. At times we work in partnership we experience friendship and feel a sense of belonging to a community. We learn to create and to contribute and change the world as we know it. At other times, we feel aware of our loneliness, our distinctiveness, and how unlike we are from every other human being. We observe and watch the world around us. In his presentation of the richness, depth, and layers of each individual, the Rav speaks to the fact that Torah addresses all aspects of humanity, our drives, ambitions, hopes, and dreams. The Torah addresses our primal needs for companionship and our preference at times for solitude. Our reverence for our past is coupled with our natural impulses to build a better future. The comfort of God's presence accompanies our human quest for excellence. At Yeshiva University, we believe in cultivating these two aspects of humanity every day here, you should feel that both of these powerful instincts are addressed. Each student is invited to observe, to study, and to think, and also to explore, to soar, and to create.
Spend time alone in contemplation and self-discovery. Enjoy the companionship of new friends with whom you can visit the sick. Teach math in a local public school for underprivileged children. Or travel to Europe on a humanitarian mission to help refugees. Volunteer in Washington Heights or in Midtown Manhattan. The Torah taught at Yeshiva University is the worldview of the Rav. Recognizing and embracing the full multidimensional nature of each individual and contextualizing one's entire self in service to God. I join you in the quest. Bivracha Ari Berman.